together we can create our new digital leader. Connection, engagement, confidence. Do we feel we are in a psychologically safe place? Language shouldn't be able to stop you from career progression. We are changing the, the future landscape of business, of leadership. Hello, and welcome to the Changemaker Conversations, brought to you by HealthTF Corporate Education. My name is Dr. Milena Kupez, and in this series, we aim to bring you insights and stories from leaders and leadership developers who create change and inspire others to do the same. Today, I have the pleasure to speak with changemaker Rebecca Tisdale, Global Learning and Development Manager at the LEGO Group. Rebecca is a global learning leader with over a decade of experience in learning and development, spanning across the technology, cybersecurity, and digital infrastructure sectors. She's a real specialist in implementing transformational programs by consulting, designing, leading, and coordinating cutting-edge learning programs to serve global audiences, who in turn support the world's leading companies. But without further ado, Rebecca, welcome to our podcast. Hey, nice to meet you. Nice to be here. Fantastic. Let's start with you. What is your background and philosophy? Tell me all about it. Well, I'm a self-confessed technology geek. I've got a definite passion for creating immersive learning experiences. Um, And I love to do that just by delivering in-time training and learning in the flow of work. Um, I'm also quite neurodiverse myself, so I'm really passionate about using behavioural science to cater for different learning diversities and not just produce traditional one-size-fits-all solutions. I also really love mentoring those that are new to career, as well as curating leadership programmes designed to upskill senior leadership and also how to help them nurture their teams to drive better performance with confidence. Sounds really fascinating, and that's exactly why we're here today. But before we get into that, how about you tell me about your business? What does it do, and who does it help? (laughs) Well, Lego needs no introduction. I think everybody has a connection to Lego at some point in their life. Um, And I really enjoy uh, working there because I can really just immerse myself in their playful culture, but also their learning through play ethos. Because as a learning and development professional, I've enjoyed using the concept of learning through play um, to help them create a global process for fellow learning and development professionals to follow. This will really help them when they um, create learning experiences for their area of the business. And that could be anywhere from a factory to the retail stores to the digital side and everybody in between, really. I agree with you. Somehow, at some point of our lives, we all got close to Lego, but it's great to have you here today speak about the perspective that you have working there in learning and development. And uh, that leads me to you. You're a real change maker, and uh, I know that you believe in creating change makers across the board. And the key here is across the board means considering all perspective, and that has to mean speaking about neurodiversity. Now, I know this is something that is close to your heart, And I would love to learn more about how you consider neurodiversity when it comes to learning and development. 
Absolutely. And as somebody with a couple of neurodiversities myself, I've always struggled with the traditional ways of learning. And generally and traditionally, one size fits all methods don't always fit and it doesn't really work for everybody because different people were, uh, learn in different ways. So especially as we now live in a very fast paced digital world and the way that we deliver learning has to, have to have rapidly evolved to keep pace with consumer expectations. And this is also true of the new generation coming into the workplace. Um, so I find that if you are curious, if you have fun in the process, you don't even realize you're learning. Um, and it's really interesting because you can apply that to many things outside of purposeful learning. It doesn't have to be an e-learning e that's pushed to you in the workplace or a workshop. It can be something really simple from talking to your peer and learning something new, a different way of doing something or a quick YouTube video because you need to do something in that moment. Um, so I really enjoy that. And I really enjoy embracing our childlike selves, being curious about things and whatever we do in life. And a lot of the time we don't actually realize we're learning because we're so engaged. We want to learn more, we're having fun. And I think that really caters to, curi um, to the curiosity and the neurodiverse way of learning is really just not realizing you're learning and just finding what method suits you really. That's fascinating, Rebecca. What I am really intrigued is how then when we go about and design formal learning and development programs, do we make sure that they are built and adapted for everybody, including uh, anybody who has neurodiversity? So I know you were talking about learning in the moment and spontaneous learning and and learning all the time and adopting that kind of mentality. But what happens when we need to formalize a program? I think it's important to have a lot of different learning methodologies available to people so they can pick and choose which one works for them. A lot of uh, my background has been creating learning programs that are designed for technical professionals that have hands-on roles, those that don't sit at desks, those that have gone into a, a career path that is hands-on and need to learn in that way as well. So if somebody is a mechanical engineer, they need to be able to learn by seeing and doing, and therefore having learning in the flow of their work will generally help them learn better because they can see and then they can try and do it in a safe space, which will build their confidence and their competency up. And, and generally they've gone into that career path because they have steered away from maybe a corporate side of things or an academic side of things. And therefore we need to, to nurture that and cater to that in terms of the learning methodologies that we produce. And so therefore not one size fits all. So having something that's some a podcast somebody can listen to or a video that somebody can stop and start and learn as they flow into their work something where they can go into a virtual space maybe virtual reality and practice in a safe space hands-on and in a virtual job simulation having lots of different methodologies available to people so they can learn when it's convenient for them and in a way that is helpful to them I love that. And that makes a lot of sense to me, not just when we talk about neurodiversity, but just in general. I mean, I know that, for instance, I learn very well through listening through a podcast, just like you mentioned. I would love it if there were more initiatives where you could just listen to things and not necessarily have the visual components of watching a video or sitting in a lecture theater. What I'm thinking, though, is how can we actually 
implement that in a global organization who is pressed for time and resources. For instance, say you've got somebody who comes and wants a leadership development program. Would they then need to provide the same content available in different formats? Or would it be a question of uh, letting them pick and choose bits? I mean, do you understand? I don't, I'm trying to visualize how it would actually work concretely. It really depends on the particular um, challenge that they're trying to solve for. Um, it's not quite like a recipe book where you can just flick to the recipe and it will it will make the same thing that people are trying to achieve for. So first of all, what is the challenge they're trying to solve for and, and who is it for? What does that person's day look like? Are they a top senior executive in leadership that is, is very pressed for time um, and they need to learn maybe by coaching? Maybe somebody needs to sit with them and coach them over a period of six weeks and give them that constructive feedback as they go about their days. Um, is it somebody that works in a retail store um, or somebody who works in a factory and they need to um, learn in the flow of their work in a hands-on manner? They can't always be taken away from their role to go do that learning. We have to bring the learning to them. And by saving the company time, um, and time is money. So whether they're a top exec wanting to learn better leadership skills, um, or if they're somebody in a retail store or a factory, for instance, time is money regardless. And if you can bring the learning to them as they're going about their day-to-day -day business and they can apply those learning solutions to their everyday business, it will have a much broader impact in their, their learning. And they will actually take that information on board a lot more than if you've taken them away from their day job to go do an e-learning or sit in a classroom and consume something that when they go back to their day job, they're probably not going to remember. I agree. That makes a lot of sense to me. And I guess it goes back to what you were saying at the beginning, having a childlike mentality and learning through play. Would you say there is a relationship between uh, our, the way children learn and uh, learning formats? Is there a learning format that you would say facilitates learning like a child? Absolutely. And at Lego, we definitely harness that childlike mentality. Children are our role models and they are the pinnacle of everything we do as a company, whether it's the, the product and the bricks that you're going into store to buy and having an experience in terms of creating something with your imagination, or if it's something completely the opposite end of that, but you've still got to have that curiosity. And so the, the play, learning through play methodology and framework is based on a series of principles. And the main ones of those are be curious, be brave, be focused, have fun, make it meaningful. And if you take all those things into consideration, whether you're learning either in a, a work environment or if you're just learning at home, you need to learn how to boil an egg and you've YouTubed it quickly and you're learning because the water's about to boil and you need to figure it out quickly. Whatever you're doing in whatever way you're learning and consuming that information, you've got a sense of curiosity. And I think it's really important to embrace that childlike self because as adults, we seem to have lost that curiosity and that fun element. And actually we need to revert back to that because that's what makes it so meaningful. And when you are having fun and you are being curious and probing around and having a, a pull-like mentality rather than a push mentality, then 
you are going to be curious to want to learn more and it's going to feed that curiosity to to expand your knowledge on the subject and other things you didn't even realize you want to learn absolutely i'm so glad that you mentioned curiosity to me that's such a vital ingredient that needs to come into play when it comes to effective and impactful learning the way i see curiosity is motivation to find out piece of information and motivation needs to be the backbone of effective learning and I wonder though and perhaps this is a million dollar question are some people more curious than others or is it I guess naturally yes but is it something that we can nurture in people curiosity as a trait I think so and it goes back to that age-old thing that as adults we we never have the time we never have time to do all the things that we actually truly want to do. And sometimes we might have that curiosity in everyday life, whether it's on our commute um, to, to work or from work or chopping the vegetables for dinner. We might have a, a thought about, oh, I wonder what, what about such and such. Whether we follow up on that curiosity and learn that subject and follow that thread comes down to usually do we have the time or can we be bothered? And as adults, we definitely fall into that trap of there's never enough time to get everything done. And uh, a good mentor of mine once told me there will always be 24 hours in a day. That is not going to change. And it's how you use those 24 hours, which makes it more meaningful. And being neurodiverse, I'm extremely curious. So I'm always guilty for just being out with friends, having a random question that pops up in conversation about life and thinking, huh, I wonder why that's called such and such. So we all get our phones out, we Google it, we learn, and it leads us down a rabbit hole of a whole different world, the things that we didn't even know existed because we picked at that thread of curiosity and we went exploring. And it's a really nice engaging group activity to do. And we all learned something at the same time, but you need to nurture that time um, and that energy to be able to follow those threads. That makes so much sense to me, actually. So in a way, you can be curious, but to kind of follow up on those curiosities. So for truly behave curiously, you need time and energy. So it almost sounds like we need the time and energy to be curious. Therefore, any effective learning program needs to start with the person having the time and energy to engage with it. So it's almost and correct me if I'm wrong, a question of having basic well-being before even undergoing an L&D initiative. What are your thoughts? Absolutely. It definitely goes back to that, that time element. So in a, in a work environment, if training is being pushed out there to people, whether it's because it's a, a legal or compliance region or it's because um, a sales team have decided that they're not performing as well and a manager's pushed out further training to their team, hoping it's going to, to fix that leak, then it's it's very much the, the manager needs to nurture that by giving everybody the time and the space to do that learning. Um, because otherwise you just end up with a very negative um, impact in the learning. People have had it pushed to them. It's not something they think they've got the time to do. Everybody's busy. Um, and it's something that has a negative impact rather than their curiosity of wanting to do something. So it has to be built into their time in management in terms of their own time management, their well-being, their priorities, but also in a work sense, their manager has to allow for that as well in their day. And then, and also when building a learning initiative, tell people the why 
in the very beginning, make it engaging, make it that product on the shelf that they want to pick up and be curious about and learn more about, give them the reason as to why they're going to do it, what are they going to learn? And also don't make it such a long, boring click through quiz at the end, a methodology that's traditional that doesn't work anymore. We want it to be quick, bite-sized, engaging, micro-learning, something they can apply the learning to straight away in, in everyday life or in their, their work sense. But tell people the why and how it's going to be helpful to them. And then generally people will build in that time and make it a priority if it's important to them. I couldn't agree more. And I hope all of our listeners are taking that on board as well. As you were talking, I was wondering about playful learning and having fun. I'm aware that a lot of modern learning initiatives are remote more and more, and we're always looking for scalable programs across the globe, across geographies. So I was wondering, to what extent can we build that fun element when we're learning remotely? Is that something you reckon we can do? Absolutely. You can build fun into anything anywhere in the world as long as you want to <laughs> so um, rather than pushing e-learning out there that's very monotonous why don't you have it if it has to be remote you can either hold it as a virtual workshop but you can also make it more engaging you can do virtual workshops that are in the the metaverse and they're in they're virtual and you can place your people somewhere that's not just a zoom meeting sat at their desk um, you can build energizers into it it doesn't have to be like we are so time pressured all the time in meetings and just get straight to the point and miss all the niceties build a five minute energizer into there as to everybody go get something beginning with the letter t and bring it back to, and the first person coming back uh, is the winner get people up get them moving get them energized get um also interaction going have polls going within your virtual element if it's remote um if it's an a, a very one-way e-learning make it more engaging, make it uh, like a sitcom or a drama that gets people invested and to want to know more what happens next in, in the, uh, the cyber hacking <laughs> drama that's going on um, and just get really people invested and engaged into it. But also bear in mind the digital world we live in. We want information quickly, we want it um, engaging and we want it digitally. And so I think we're all guilty if we Google something to know the answer and if we skim read the first two sentences and we haven't found the answer we're instantly already bored and we've moved on to something else and so it needs to give you the big impact and the big why and the big engagement factor um, which will also then spark up that curiosity we we're talking about earlier thank you for that answer i couldn't agree more and I think uh, it's the only way forward to try and build the fun needed uh, as a lot as well as the curiosity, time and energy for learning to really flourish. I am so grateful for our chat today. I feel like it's really opened my eyes in terms of the key role of uh, curiosity and play to cater for different learning methodologies, ones that suit everybody including uh, people who have neurodiversities. Which leads me onto my last question, one that we love to ask all of our guests, and that is, what is the one thing that you know now that you wish you would have known 10 years ago? Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> um, have fun in everything you do. 
trust your gut instincts and surround yourself with the right people. Wow, yes, I love that the fun element has definitely come back again. And I think that's one of our main takeaways from our conversation today. So thank you so much for that. I, as I said, I've learned so much and I know our listeners have as well. On that note, I wish you a great rest of your day. Thank you, Angie. Thank you for listening to the Changemaker Conversations. Would you like to talk further about unlocking human potential and creating positive change, either one-to-one or on this very podcast? If so, please visit haltf.com slash inspire. Until next time, goodbye.